Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to the Miss Pink Digital Podcast, home to everything digital marketing, brand building, and tech. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about Google Ads, and more importantly, common mistakes I have found within Google Ads accounts that I have audited, I have worked on, I have even built myself. So super exciting stuff, I guess you could say. So yeah, let's just jump into it. And obviously this is just a list of frequent mistakes I see. There is obviously a lot of room for improvement when it comes to a Google Ads account setup. It's all about ongoing optimization, measuring the data, and from that data making improvements to really scale your advertising and improve the efficiency of your advertising. But these are just mistakes that a lot of advertisers make or a lot of business owners who are setting up their Google Ads account for the first time make um, that can really affect campaign performance in the long run. So yeah, let's just jump into it. So the first one I'm going to be talking about is one that is probably the most important thing to get right, but it's the commonly, I, I commonly see it as something that is either not done or not done correctly, and that is not tracking your campaign data. So those who aren't familiar with the Google Ads account setup or with ad account setups in general, it's really important to make sure you implement what is called conversion tracking. Conversion tracking is essentially where you put a piece of code on your website, which allows you to feed data, track that data on your website and feed it back into the ad platforms. So let's take Google Ads for instance, let's say you have a user click on your ad, go to your website and convert, that conversion could be make a purchase, make a phone call to your business or submit a lead form and what conversion tracking allows you to do or allows Google to do is register that the user has clicked on your ad and converted on your site. And then within the Google Ads platform, it can then apply that conversion to the ad that generated it, to the keyword that generated it, to the campaign that generated it, all of that. And that gives you and Google a good understanding of what is giving you conversions and what isn't. So it's a really important thing to make sure you have in place. Google Ads is very much a platform that relies on that data to utilize its machine learning capabilities. So within Google, there is a lot of options to use what's called automated bidding. And automated bidding is essentially where you let Google do all the work for you. So you just set up your campaigns, build your keywords, and put this automated bidding in place. And Google will then try and use that learnings and the bidding to generate the results on your behalf. So there are different bidding strategies you can put in place. Some of them are to do with generating more impressions. Some of them are to do with generating more clicks, but there are some to do with generating conversions. And when it comes to campaigns where you want to generate conversions from them, such as purchases, such as form submissions, such as phone calls, those 
building strategies tend to be the most effective, but they need that tracking data to be able to reach their full potential. You also need the tracking data to see yourself what is working within Google Ads and what isn't working. There is nothing more frustrating and difficult than blindly optimizing and building out your account because you could be building out the wrong stuff, you could be applying your budget to the wrong places, and it could just get very, very messy. When it comes to tracking within Google Ads, there are different ways you can track. The first option is through the Google Ads tracking itself. In order to set this up, you basically need to go into your tools and settings of your account. And then within there, it will have conversion actions, which you go into and you can create a conversion action based on what you would class as a conversion on your site. And then from there, you will get code instructions, which you can send to a developer in terms of where to implement that code, or it will give you other options like use Google Tag Manager, which you might be familiar with. If you're not, Google Tag Manager is basically a way you can deploy code onto your site without actually going into the back end of your website and touching the hard code. Obviously, if you're interested in using Google Tag Manager, have a look, it's a really great tool. There is a little bit of coding in place when you need to install Google Tag Manager onto your site, but once that's all installed, you can just deploy all the tags you need through Tag Manager itself. Uh, but all the instructions to do that side of things will be in the Google platform, which you can either use yourself or go to a developer. Obviously, if you're not very experienced with code and stuff like that, I would recommend getting advice or seeking a web developer to do it. The other option is to do with Google Analytics, regardless of if you have Google Ads or not, I would highly recommend having Google Analytics on your site, or it's now Google Analytics 4 on your site. It's a very, very useful tool when it comes to measuring the success on your site, measuring how other sources and mediums are complementing your site and your business's performance. So by sources and mediums, what I mean is Facebook ads, Google ads, Facebook as an organic platform, other social media platforms like TikTok, Pinterest, all of those. Um, it kind of gets data from all of those different platforms so you can see what platforms are kind of working best with your website. And it just allows you to see how your pages are performing, what pages might need a bit of work when it comes to user experience, preventing bounce rate. It's a really, really useful tool and it will give you loads of information about your website and your website's performance. So I would highly recommend it regardless. But within analytics, you do have the option to create what's called goals. Goals are similar to conversion actions within Google. So they're basically what you want to generate from your site, whether that's phone calls, whether that's purchases, whether it's someone just viewing your site for a very long time or looking at a certain amount of pages or anything like that. Um, you can create these goals based on those actions and then import them into your Google Ads account. You just need to make sure the two are connected up. Again, there's loads of tutorials on this online, but if you're not confident, by all means, seek out a professional who can do it for you. But regardless, you absolutely need tracking in place. It can get very messy. It can get very difficult to manage your Google Ads campaigns if you don't. The next one is keyword dumping. So when it comes to Google Ads, you have your campaigns and within your campaigns, you have what's called ad groups and within your ad groups, you have your keywords and your keywords are basically the search queries you want to target um, that users type in. So let's say for instance, you own a dress shop and you are selling a bunch of pink dresses and you want to bid for the term pink dress for sale, that would be the keyword you would implement into your ad group that would go into your campaign. And alongside these keywords, you have your ads. So when someone types in pink dress for sale, they could potentially see your ad pop up, which they can click on and go to your website. When it comes to your keyword implementation and your keyword structure, there is, it's all about testing, but there is 
a way to do it and a way not to do it or a way we would recommend you do it and a way we wouldn't recommend you do it. So one way we recommend setting up campaigns and keywords is in what's called single topic ad groups. This is STAGS for short. This is where you dedicate an ad group to a single keyword topic. So for instance, if we take the pink dress example again, all keywords relevant to pink dress for sale, pink dresses, pink dresses for sale would go in a single ad group. And then let's say you also sell blue dresses, all of the keywords relevant to blue dresses for sale, blue dress for sale, buy blue dress would go in another ad group. This is because it allows you to cater your ads, cater your messaging and cater where you take the user around a singular topic, which makes the user's overall experience a lot easier. There's also a thing within Google called Keyword Quality Score, and that's just basically about how your ads cater to the user. And the part of that Keyword Quality Score is about ad relevance. So how relevant your ads are to a keyword and single topic ad groups allows your ad to be more relevant to that keyword because you're catering your ads around a keyword. It also allows for better segmentation. So if there is a certain topic that isn't performing well, it doesn't pull the rest of the ad group down. So you can have a bit more flexibility when it comes to your campaign build out, your campaign optimizations and all of that good stuff. So that's one way we recommend is a good setup. Obviously there are other ways as well. There are things called like single keyword ad groups where you dedicate one keyword per ad group and stuff like that. And it's all about testing until you find the right combination for you. But one thing we wouldn't recommend is keyword dumping. And this is basically where you take all of your keywords, everything you wanna target and shove them into one ad group. This includes keywords to do with completely different topics, keywords that have completely different levels of intent, which I'll go onto in a minute. Um, and it just means that you can't cater your ads to your targeting as much as you should. And it also means there's a potential to get a mix up of different layers of intent in there. So you could be spending loads of money where it's not beneficial and it's just not a very optimized way of setting out your account. So if you are setting up a Google Ads account for the first time or you're looking at, or you've had a Google Ads account built for you and you're looking at the data in there and it's not looking great, have a look at the keyword structure and just make sure there's no keyword dumping in there because it's how you can waste quite a bit of money and it also affects your ad quality as well. So I mentioned intent, not understanding the intent of your keywords is a huge one. When users go to Google search, they're obviously searching for something. So already it's a slightly higher intent form of marketing than say Facebook, which is push marketing because you're forcing or pushing your product or brand onto the user when they may not necessarily be looking for it. Google, they are looking for something. That being said, the user's searches could mean different things. So let's say for instance, you have a makeup brand and you are selling eyeshadows or eyeshadow palettes and um, you want to target users who are going to buy an eyeshadow palette. A keyword that would be high intent would be a keyword that's relevant to the eyeshadow palette you're selling and also users who are looking to buy it. So let's say you're selling an eyeshadow palette and the color scheme is like neutral colors you could maybe target a high intent keyword, which is affordable neutral eyeshadow palette or high quality neutral eyeshadow palette. 
when a user types that in you know they're going to be looking to potentially buy a neutral eyeshadow palette which is either high quality or affordable something that would be low intent would be something like makeup tutorials when it comes to keywords like that whilst yes you could eventually generate a conversion off the back of that and it's probably going to be a good keyword for things like brand awareness because it is relatively low intent i would treat it differently to keywords like affordable eyeshadow palette or affordable neutral eyeshadow palette the reason being is if someone's looking up makeup tutorials they may not necessarily be looking to buy your neutral eyeshadow palette at that time although they may later down the line so it's all about figuring out what those keywords mean that you're targeting what the outcome of those keywords would be if you target them and how should you manage them if it's the case that you don't have a huge budget for loads of brand awareness activity, such as targeting keywords that are very, very low intent top of funnel terms like makeup tutorials, then it might be worth reconsidering where you put them in your marketing plan because it's gonna be very competitive and it's going to take a while for that user to convert off the back of those keywords in most instances because they are the lower intent terms. So if you don't have a huge budget, you don't wanna run a lot of brand awareness activity, focus on the high intent keywords. If you do want to run brand awareness activity, then just think about what keywords are still of quality even though they are low intent. I think there's a misconception that the second you start running your ads, no matter what you're bidding for, you're just gonna get traffic and you're gonna get, you're gonna get conversions. And that's not how Google works, unfortunately. If it did work that way, everyone would be doing it and everyone would have successful businesses. The next thing I'm gonna talk about is probably a bit more of not so much a controversial one, but I found when I had clients, it was a highly personal one, um, which is strange. You wouldn't think it is, but it definitely was. And it's not having an optimized website or optimized landing pages. You could have the best campaign set up in the world. You could be targeting the best keywords that are super relevant to what you do, super high intent. You could have all your tracking in place. Ad copy is amazing. The structure is amazing. Everything could be perfect. But if your landing pages aren't optimized for PPC or don't have UX principles in place, UI principles in place, any of that, your campaigns are not going to perform as well as they could. And often you might then think that it's Google Ads that's the problem when really it may just be your landing pages. So making sure your landing pages do follow best practices when it comes to a user experience perspective or just a PPC perspective is very, very, very important because it's really gonna help improve your conversion rate and allow you to make the most out of your campaigns so there's definitely simple principles you can follow and i'll probably do a whole podcast about it but just to list a few off make sure all important conversion actions or all important actions that you want the user to carry out such as signing up giving you a phone call buying a product anything like that are above the fold of the page or elements of them are above the fold of the page which basically means they're in the top half of your landing page so they're super easy to find if it takes, I believe if it takes the user more than a couple of seconds, like three seconds to find your call to action or find what they have to do, if they're interested, it's too long. They will probably lose interest by that point. Um, the next one is make sure your site speed is good. 
Again, users don't wanna wait for ages for a landing page to load. Also, Google uses this as an important ranking factor when it comes to keyword quality score, but also from an SEO perspective as well. Make sure your pages are optimized for mobile devices. The majority of users these days are browsing the web via mobile phones. So it's so important to make sure you are catering to these users. And again, it's something that search engines will look at to make sure you are doing. Make sure content really reflects positive aspects of your business, that you're featuring all of your USPs, you're featuring all of your calls to actions, which are basically things like shop now, sign up today, throughout the page. So you're constantly reminding the user of what they need to do. Also make sure you have elements of trust signals and social proof on your page to help gain the user's trust and convince them to convert. So things like trust signals would be having reviews, um, linking it to your Google reviews, linking it to Trustpilot, any of those online programs and um, making sure you're linking to your social media pages. This way it just allows the user to have a really smooth process when it comes to them identifying if your business is going to be the right thing for them. They'll also compare your business to your competitors as well. So you wanna make sure that your copy is really compelling in comparison to your competitors and that you are proving to them you are a more trustworthy site and a trustworthy business than your competitors. So those are just some general principles that are typically easier to implement than what you would be expected to implement if you were to have a CRO or a UX audit on your site. So those are just some quick wins or some quicker wins you could potentially implement to make your landing pages a bit more PPC friendly if you don't already have those principles in place. The next one is not optimizing your Google Ads account and not monitoring it. Google Ads is all about generating data, learning from that data, and then based on that, implementing changes that will be beneficial and complement that data that the account is generating. A lot of people think that Google Ads is very much a set it and forget it kind of thing, which it absolutely isn't. It's a huge misconception. Campaigns absolutely do need optimization and they benefit from optimization. I have seen it too many times where clients have a Google Ads account set up for them by a freelancer, have it turned on and they don't check on it for months and they come back later and they've spent loads of money and they've barely generated any results. You do not wanna be one of those clients. It's very stressful for them as you can imagine, and then they're kind of figuring out what they can do to fix it. So please make sure either you are learning how to optimize a Google Ads account, or you have hired someone who can do that for you and make sure it's being monitored very, very regularly because it can go south very quickly if not. Also off the back of that, make sure you are giving the campaigns enough time to learn and generate data before determining whether Google Ads is a beneficial platform or not. Because Google Ads is very high intent, it will work for most people or it's a model that should work for most people. If it's not working, then it's something to do with either your website, the campaign setup, the keywords you're targeting, your ad copy. It's not to do with the platform itself. Also, Google Ads is all about learning. And when you first implement your campaigns, they go through what's called a learning phase where they are more likely to fluctuate from a performance perspective than any other time. 
and this can be quite frustrating for advertisers or businesses paying for Google because they can see money is being spent but they don't know whether it's beneficial or not. Really make sure you have the budget and you have the time to allow for that learning phase to pull through and allow for Google to generate data. I wouldn't go into it with the expectations that the second you switch them on you are going to get a 60% conversion rate and hundreds of conversions because that's not realistic. You need to allow the platform to learn and also allow yourself or the person managing the account to learn what is working, what isn't, what they should do more of and what they should do less of. It's not going to be an overnight success kind of thing in most instances. And finally, not following Google's policies. This is one I haven't seen as frequently happen, but it definitely does. People think they can kind of cheat the system when it comes to Google and get around their policies like double serving. This is where you have two different Google Ads accounts bidding for the same keywords to get at the top of the search page multiple times. That's going to get you banned from Google. Um, things like hiding information in ad copy or not making ad copy entirely relevant to what you do or not relevant but accurate to what you do. So you're kind of telling Google you're doing one thing to get your ads approved but then when you actually go to the site you're doing something completely different. Anything like that where you're trying to stretch the rules and go around Google's policies is an absolute no-no. It's just not worth risking it. You get your account suspended it's going to be very difficult for you to get it up and running again. So absolutely try the best you can to follow Google's policies because it's just not worth the stress or the headache that you get when Google finds out and they will find out eventually even if it takes them you know a few months or a year and they're getting better at it as well. So those are just some key common Google Ads mistakes I have seen in accounts. There are plenty more that I've seen but those are probably the biggest ones that have the most impact. Um, I'll probably do a part two of this though with some smaller mistakes that I've seen in Google Ads accounts just to kind of give you further context on the good and the bad, the ugly of Google Ads. But yes, I hope you have enjoyed this episode and thank you for watching. I look forward to speaking with you guys soon.